this is Claire Marie, host of the Building a Women's Success Series. Our primetime mastermind that promotes empowered focus, decisive action, and inspired outcome. Our spotlight is on perseverance with the three-foot giant himself, Sean Stevenson. Enjoy. We're getting into our primetime mastermind this week with a new word, perseverance. I was looking up a theme for tonight's show and tonight's guest, and I came up with the word perseverance. Of course, our primetime mastermind of health, wellness, personal empowerment, helping us all to grow, to be bigger and better, and also to think of ways that uh, we can switch it up and be our own unique selves in a better way. Perseverance means a steady persistence in a course of action, a purpose, a state, in spite of difficulties, obstacles, or discouragement. Tonight, I have a great guest. I saw his special on the bio channel, Three Foot Giant. His name is Sean Stevenson. Sean Stevenson was expected to die at birth. He's faced an army of reasons to give up and countless opportunities to embrace self-pity. He suffered more than 200 bone fractures at by the age of 18 and reached the height of only three feet and is permanently confined to wheelchair. But despite his challenges, he's taken a stand for a quality of life that has inspired millions of people around the globe, including Tony Robbins, Richard Branson, and President Bill Clinton. Sean has more life adventures than most people twice his age. He's worked on Capitol Hill for a U.S. congressman and in the White House alongside President Clinton. He's also testified in front of the U.S. Senate on two separate occasions, traveled the world as a professional speaker in 11 countries and 47 states. He's a board-certified psychotherapist. He's appeared on dozens of national media outlets, including Oprah, CNN, the Discovery Health Channel, CBS News, and the New York Times, just to name a few. I believe we have him with us tonight. Sean Stevenson, are you there? I am. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for being here. I was greatly inspired by not only uh, your your perseverance, your life story, but the things that you're doing today. And all uh, Building Abundant Success does, it looks to see uh, some of the key points that many of the guests, many of the experts go through on their road to that success in the building part. Where are you from? I'm from Chicago, Illinois. And uh wanted to know what put you particularly on this road. How did you grow up? Uh, did you travel extensively, education, etc.? Well, I can tell you that my formal education you know, started, of course, at DePaul University after I graduated high school. Um, from there, I went on to get several board certifications from American Pacific University in clinical hypnosis and neurolinguistics, which are forms of therapy in the field of psychotherapy. I've since started and now in my last stages of completing my Ph.D. in clinical hypnosis. And there was a lot of traveling um, growing up. My family has always believed that, you know, it's good to be in the classroom and learn that way, but nothing can, you know, replace the experience of actually going out and mixing with different cultures, different backgrounds, trying different foods, seeing how different people live, and seeing as much of the world as humanly possible with uh, the resources we had. So we we definitely traveled a lot as children with my parents, and then, of course, that 
travel bug bit me very deep because I've gone on to, as the bio said, travel this world many places uh, on my own for my career. And just this year we we spoke in uh, Calgary, which is up in Canada, and got to share the stage with the Dalai Lama, which was pretty amazing. Cool. <laughs> and uh, then we went down to, before that we were in Southeast Asia, uh, presenting on an island um, called Bali, and got to spend some time speaking also in Kuala Lumpur, which is in Malaysia, and just all all kinds of amazing travels have always been a part of my life, yeah. In building your success, uh, most of us on the road to any type of success get a sense of where we would like to go. Sometimes we have several areas we want to to study or be involved in. I'd say about 15 or 16, what were you thinking for your life at that particular time? So in high school, you're thinking? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be the president of the United States. Cool. <laughs> yeah. You know, a small goal, right? Just so a small one. <laughs> I, I, I set that one as one of my uh, goals in life, and I actually spent some time in the political arena. I was a precinct captain for my congressman in Chicago, which is just a fancy name for a guy who gets a lot of doors slammed in his face. Um, and, but does it because he believes in the in the message and the individual that that's out there to influence change. And so I uh, spent some time working on a lot of campaigns for different state and federal positions. Yeah, from there I actually got accepted to work uh, in a legislative position for my congressman on the Hill, and loved that. Uh, and then went on to, of course, work for the president. Uh, in the White House for the Cabinet Affairs Department. And so around 16 years old, I was really looking forward to a political future that would later come through college and a little bit out of college. And since then, my visions, of course, changed. It's not to say that I wouldn't be open to leading our nation. I just think that... uh, Maybe mine will be more in a support position because I look at the life drain on a career politician, and it's not something that I really would like to expose myself, nor um, my future, you know, wife and children when I decide to have a family. Um, There's other ways that you can influence change other than elected positions. In those roles, I found, because I was, too, on Capitol Hill for a bit, uh, with a, uh, I worked for a, a presidential appointee. Don't you feel that was some of the best uh, education you could have gotten with the door slammed in your face? Uh, it definitely was in the form of government and understanding democracy. You know, when a lot of people, you know, they spit out their opinions as Americans on what they think the system's all about, and they've never really even spent time in the system, and they've never seen um, that there is a mixture of really good people with good messages and good hearts wanting to take care of us. And then there's also those, you know, those black sheep that uh, <laughs> that do stick out that are um, known for corruption. And I can tell you, you're going to get that in any system. You can climb the corporate ranks in Fortune 500 CEO companies, uh, CEO-driven companies. You can go find it in religious institutions. There are always going to be those individuals that stick out for the corruptive element but, you know, those get a lot of attention, and I believe they are far less of a uh, mass population 
in that arena than people realize. I think there's far more amazing people in government wanting to really make a difference than those that don't. I have to agree with you. In your building on your success, I know attitude and mind uh, thinking, uh, mindset had a lot to do with that. How were you raised as a person with a physical challenge? Well, the thing is, what's that? What were you told? I was told many things, uh, you know, and I I cover a lot of them in the book. I'll just give you a couple of the ones that stand out for me. Uh, The biggest thing that, that a lot of people are surprised by is that, you know, I get up and I start my day, and it's rare that I even notice that I have a disability. Um, it's rare that I think about it. It's rare that I fixate on it. And that's not because I have some type of psychotic delusion. It's just that it doesn't define who I am. Uh, yes. You know, there, there's a lot of people that really like to cling to their disability as a part of their identity. I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm just not one of those people. I believe that I'm a human being first who really has massive goals and plans and you know, it, my physical condition is just a footnote in my in my life. I'd say it's 2% of who I am, um, and yet it's the first thing you see. So it's it's a bit of a, a switch in people's mindsets when they hear me say that I don't even see myself as disabled. Uh, I do believe that I have a physical challenge. However, that's not something that defines me. And that definitely did not uh, appear, that mindset did not appear out of nowhere, that was instilled to me by my parents, into me by my parents, and my parents were individuals that uh, weren't ashamed of my condition by any sense of imagination, they were more just saying, Sean, if we were to focus on the disability, we would be putting all of our love and attention on what you can't do, and mm-hmm. we don't believe that's going to serve you, right. so my mom and dad were very strong advocates for the idea that, you know, Sean Stevenson is a man who needs to, you know, he's growing into a man who needs to bench, you know, set the uh, bar um, on par or above all human beings as far as success and ability to actually go out and make a difference than just, you know, can can you do well for the disability that you have? You know, I was never raised to say, you know, hey, you're doing a good job amidst your condition. It was, hey, you're doing an amazing job amidst being human. And so it was very much a part of my life, but it was in the, uh, it only appeared when I rubbed up against people that were very much addicted to reminding me that I had a physical disability and reminding me that that was limiting me. And, you know, that that came in um, in the years that I tried to get hired to be in corporate America and recognizing that there are a lot of people who um, can't see outside the box. They can't right. think that they can't think that my condition could actually amplify and enhance my ability to perform. Um, all they could see is limitations. But growing up, my parents taught me many gifts. Uh, one of them was they asked me, you know, on many occasions, is this physical challenge going to be a gift or a burden in your life? Um, another way of saying that is my parents told me, you know, it's not the facts of life, it's the interpretation of the facts that determine your outcome. Uh, my parents let me feel sorry for myself, but they did it in a way that it was only allowed in small doses. So they would say, if you want to feel sorry for yourself today, you get 15 minutes, go. And as odd as that might sound, it actually worked because 
they let me be human, they let me feel pain, um, and yet they also did not let me drown in sorrow and self-pity. So, they did a, you know, I, I, I personally believe that I got the two best parents on the planet, bar none. They were just amazing advocates for myself and my sister, and they still are to this day. Well, that's a blessing. That is an awesome blessing. The reason why I asked that, and I am glad that you answered the question in that way, in that uh, you have to think not only and be outside the box, but you have to set a high-quality standard of life for yourself. You're talking to a uh, girl, uh, now a lady, who uh, grew up in pediatric care. And uh, when you do get, get, you know, rub against some people, they will put you in a box and tell you what you can or can't do, and you do have to. Uh, you know, break break away and find uh, possibility thinkers, people who are are going in the same direction that you want to go into. Absolutely. I was wondering, you mentioned your sister and your your strong family unit. Um, for those of us who may have had a different experience in that family support. Um, I'm asking, how might we be able to find some sort of strength? Outside, because I I did get a couple questions before the uh, this broadcast, and someone was asking, you know, we've read that uh, he's done wonderful. How did he get the support? And you just mentioned your family. There's some people out there who, you know, they just don't have that kind of support. Of course, what of would course. you say? Yeah, what I would, would say, say this is probably the number one question I get um, when we're talking about how did I get where I'm at today, and I mention the parents that I had. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people will come at me and. Some even use it as a crutch, as a uh, as an excuse, if you will, saying, "Well, you had good parents. I don't," or I, you know, whatever it may be. And and the way I would respond to that is that we all we all get dealt different cards, and you know, some cards are beneficial, um, and you know, in one area, but not in another area in our life. And so, what I would say is, you know, if you do not have that family structure and you're over the age of 18, it's time you start parenting yourself by surrounding yourself by surrounding yourself with people who that you have chosen to be role models, whether that be individual mentors in your career, mentors from neighbors, you know, grandparents, aunts, uncles, uh, friends from school, teachers, whatever it may be, you need to find people that really, truly care about your well-being and be up front and let them know that you are in a position that you could use more of their support and let them know how you can support them. Many human beings have a hard time asking for help and asking for help in a way that another person can understand what that looks like. You know, if you say, hey, will you mentor me, that's, that's very, um, it's it's a good start. <laughs> it's very, it's much a good start, but it's vague. If you say, hey, so I have a question Every quarter, you know, every uh, four, three months of the year, um, four times a year, can we get on the phone and talk for 15 minutes um, about what's going on with my health, happiness, career, relationships, whatever maybe I, I'm going through? Would you be interested in helping me out? And if there's any way that I can repay you by either financially paying you or if I don't have the money, you know, is there any support that I can bring to your life? How can I be of service to you? And you have to create that support structure. It's not something that you can just sit back and think will come together on its own. It won't. You know, I can tell you I'm a very persistent human being, and if I didn't have 
the parental support that I did, I would have had to get it somewhere else. I would have had to get it from the people that I mentioned, all those individuals that we have access, we actually have conscious choice to choose. You know, I think that at the end of the day, you become like those you surround yourself with most often. And if you surround yourself with people that are angry, complaining, negative, and frustrated at all times, it's only a matter of time they will wear off on you. And human beings don't like to hear that because that means, oh my goodness, what if I have to leave some people behind? And it's not about leaving them behind, it's loving them from a distance. Amen. And we also get upset when we hear that statement because we think that, well, you know, I'm a strong-willed person. I can hang out with somebody that does bad things and chooses bad choices, uh, and it doesn't have to wear off on me. Um, I disagree. I think that yeah. it's, only, it's only a matter of time. Um, you will have a weak moment. You will fall down. You will um, question your own capabilities. And when you do that around people that make bad choices, uh, they will negatively, they will influence you very much in a negative way. Yeah, I always tell my audience that there are a lot of great people out there, but a lot of them aren't going in the direction you want to go in. <laughs> so uh, you need to find those individuals to be around that aren't going in that direction uh, to mentor and to be around. And they also say, even income-wise, that uh, yep, you know, yeah, you're you're the you know the five closest people to you are really they tell a lot about who you are as a person. Well, and the reason why it affects your income, and the income is a touchy subject because a lot of People are like, well, money is not the, the only definition of success. You're right, it's not. However, prosperity, being able to financially have uh, an abundance, you know, as you're, as you're talking about, it allows you to have the ability to be free and do what you want, as well as be able to have the creativity to put together projects for the planet and be able to give back. So I do mm-hmm. believe that money is one of the factors uh, for success. And I can tell you, this year was one of my best financial years, and and I'd say the biggest reason is I made a concerted effort to go out and hand-select a whole upgraded group of peers that were willing to mentor me in business. You know, there are people that are really good at understanding business, and you want them mentoring you in business, but they may not be in shape and so they're not the act, the people that you want to coach you in fitness and nutrition, and that's okay. You know, you, you need to have different mentors for different purposes. And this year I really focused on getting career mentors. And the reason why it positively affected my income uh, has many elements. One is they sit around, when, when, you, when you're surrounded with people that are uh, financially prosperous, um, and you've never done it before, you're kind of shocked because for the most part, all the stereotypes get shattered. Um, people that have a lot of wealth that built it ethically uh, are actually the majority. Again, it goes back to that whole government. You know, not all the people in the government are bad. It's just the ones that stick out. So right. not all the people that have a tremendous amount of wealth cheat on their taxes, step on other people, and are greedy. A majority of them are very much loving, caring, contributing back to the planet. And what it took to get them to the top was helping others and adding value to the planet. And so that mindset really started to have, you know, that, that abundant, prosperous, bring value to the planet that these individuals that I surrounded myself with, they 
influenced me by my changing my thinking. That was one of them. Second thing is, when you're sitting around people who aren't doing much with their life and financially struggling, there's no way they're going to bring you really great opportunities to, you know, ethically and um, creatively make your income increase. When you're around people that are just constantly coming up with ideas, surrounding themselves with other peers of their own that are financially prosperous, one day they'll call you up and they'll say, Sean, hey, we have this opportunity for you to speak up in Canada with the Dalai Lama. Would you be interested? And they had access to that because they were moving and shaking on their own, and now they're able to open up doors for me. And they, and, and, and as you surround yourself with individuals that have that prosperous lifestyle and mentality, they're able to bring money-making opportunities, opportunities to do good on this planet to you that you couldn't have gotten from friends and family that were just struggling. And I'd say the third thing that surrounding yourself with really strong people is you're able to learn what do they do, not just what they think, but what do they do on a daily basis. You're able to shadow them and see, oh, people that build a giant amount, this is some of the things I learned this year, people that build a giant amount of wealth oftentimes get up early in the morning, 6 a.m., and start their day, sometimes even 4 a.m., way before the rest of the world ever gets out of bed. They hit the gym and exercise so that they have energy. Then they go and they uh, do some element of personal growth. Maybe they read uh, a passage of a book or go through affirmations or whatever they got to do to get their mindset um, in, a, in a strong position, and then they start their day. Then they have planned out from the day prior what they're going to do, and they don't just haphazardly go through the day. So as you surround yourself with this, you see there are these three elements that really have a positive impact on you uh, each day you spend with them.